Hello and welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, hosted by the Sports Booth. Today, me, Husey, here with you. I think I think we can get straight on to the yeah. biggest news yep. of... of where it's, it's fitting that we're back in the Sports Booth studio, because that seems to be the theme of the week, return. Right? The return, <laughs> Eddie Jones, right? First it was LeBron. Now it's Eddie Jones, you know, <laughs> both equally as big and important. Uh, for those of you that have been living under, under a, rock. a rock or uh, out in a sheep pasture or <laughs> uh, in, a, in a herd of kangaroos, wherever you might be, that you haven't had access to social media or the news or any kind of thing, and the one, the one bit of internet access you get a week, you think, I'm going to download that rugby podcast presented by the sports booth. <laughs> for the breaking news for, for those of you out there, Dave Rennie has had his contract terminated by Rugby Australia and Eddie Jones has been hired on a five-year deal. Now, five years important in there because it covers the Rugby World Cup for this year, 2023, and the next World Cup in 2027. Yes. Um, safe to say that this has caused quite the stir. And one of the things we said that Rugby Australia needed to do in this uh, golden era was... Marketing and news. Well, it was a great start to the year. <laughs> they smashed that part. They yeah. definitely did. Um, I reaction. Uh, I want to. I want to hear your reaction as someone outside of Australia's system. Yeah, for someone who doesn't care about Australia rugby that much, like I care on a global stage because you want everyone to be like you wanted a competitive you want yep. good games in rugby um but from a man who loves holding the blade slow safe in his cabinet uh it sent, it sent chills down my spine a little bit now i'm saying this not because i didn't think rennie could get the job done like i don't want to i don't want to dismiss rennie's yep. coaching ability um it's just Eddie's got that X factor. Yeah. You can put him up there was probably one of the best coaches in the world at the moment. Like if I look around, I go Scott Robinson, Warren Gatlin, Farrell at the moment, um, and Eddie Jones are probably like the four. No, no Ian Foster in there. <laughs> no Ian Foster in there. Which uh, I'll get onto that very soon. But I would I would argue you could also put Michael Checker up there with what he's done with Argentina. Agreed. Yes, you could. You could definitely do him, and even someone like Ronan, and even I'm, I'm putting Scott Robinson up there, but he's had no international yeah. experience. So if you're going the four international coaches who. A deserve it of like a Mount Rushmore type thing. Yeah. You're going probably Checker, Jones, um, Gatland, and Farrell at the moment. Um, I yeah, it sends a little bit of a chills because you know what what he can do, what uh, Eddie can do. What yeah, I don't want to take away from Rennie because I think Rennie. I don't think he does obviously deserve this, but Australian rugby. I, I anyone who thinks Australian rugby are in the wrong for this, I don't think quite understand the situation they were yeah. in. Um, and what they needed to do. So I look at it and I go, look, no one, Rennie doesn't deserve it. I don't think so. I think he was still building and could have won a World Cup. But he, uh, Eddie Jones would have been getting offers left, right and centre. And yep. Australia had to act fast. And I think we all knew and we had discussed this pretty heavily, Rennie's reign was coming to an end after this World Cup. Yep. I, don't, I didn't see any point of him going any further. He wasn't truly back. Like even a World Cup win, I think he was... He had done his bit. Like he would have loved to have done these four years and gone. Yep, my time's done. But he had done his bit. I think even in his uh, closing sort of statement that came out today, 
He said, I, I was, you know, obviously I'm upset that I couldn't close out my contract the way I wanted to. And that yeah. was it. That was what he said, I, you know, so to get to the end of his contract, to get to this World Cup. Um, and I think, you know, we had obviously some reactions uh, texting each other when the news broke. <laughs> and one of the things that was brought up was that the fact that there was so much speculation about what Rennie would do after this World Cup and there was no certainty. And, you know, has he got, you know, he doesn't have both eyes on the prize. He's already got one eye looking ahead. Um, and I think maybe Rugby Australia, you know, I'm sure that wasn't the only reason, but that was a reason that they were worried. He's not fully focused on it. I think as well, we said before, this is Rugby Australia's time to shine with the next Rugby World Cup being here. You want to have that certainty and structure for the next World Cup. Now, maybe they'd gone to Eddie Jones and said, can you do from 2024 onwards? Can you can you get that done? He said, and I'm sure he would have said no, I, it's now or never. Yeah. And I'm sure there would have been talks about, can you be assistant for this one and then take over the reins after that? No, it's now or never. And Eddie Jones has earned the right to make those demands to set his terms, basically, especially, you know, coming over to Australia and winning that series with England, I think was massive. Yeah. Um, and just the, the success England has had. Uh, so I think he's detailed the rights there. Uh, and... Yeah, as you said, he probably had offers coming in left, right, and center, very lucrative offers from cashed-up countries. You know, uh, I'm sure Japan would have been stiffing around him again and things like the that. The US would have been coming for him. Yeah, exactly. I imagine some clubs in France would have been like, holy moly, could yeah. we land yeah. the prize of, of everyone's eyes. And, uh, yeah, so it was is a case of now or never. I think I saw uh, an Instagram post, um, I forget which, uh, which account did it, one of the great uh, rugby accounts that um, help support us. I'm sure I will have links to them in the podcast or in one of yep. our posts. Um, great guys all around um, that said, you know, uh, Eddie Jones was uh, on the shelves now and was there for a limited time only. And he need, rugby Australia needed to, to grab him. Um, from, a, from an Australian rugby fan's perspective, uh, yeah, it is a shame to see Rennie go out like that and not having coached a World Cup. Uh but yeah, I think the writing was on the walls that it was going to be after the, it was going to be gone after the World Cup yep. anyway. There was so, so there was already sort of this feeling of like, well, he's he's half gone already, kind of thing. So it's not, especially for me, just being totally, it's not especially upsetting. Uh, yes, it is exciting to have Eddie Jones, and it is disappointing to see that's the way Rennie's thing comes to an end. But that's that's just the how the cookies crumbled in this case. Um, and I am really excited to see what Eddie Jones can do with this roster. And But I do want to give massive credit to Dave Rennie for what he's done over the past three years, right? He's taken an Australian rugby squad that at the last World Cup, you could argue, say, underperformed, yeah, right? Underperformed. Um, and then years of trying to figure out, okay, where, who are the players we need? Where do we need to get to? And you can see that year after year, it has been... Uh, building. I still remember even his first uh, test. It was against New Zealand, I think, in New Zealand, and it was a draw. Yeah. Right. Like, and it, it all was almost a win for Australia off a, a penalty off a kick. Reese Hodge, fifty-five meter special. Yeah. Yeah. So it, he clearly brought something to the table in that regard. And then there were a lot of things that were, you know, obstructing his path. A lot of injuries in this past year, especially yep. the Guido Law, of course, uh, uh, affecting how well he can coach and things like that as well. So, and as well as that, a a waning interest in rugby at the time, COVID, things like that. But, he, but he's brought Australia through all of those trials in a stronger position. I think Eddie Jones has got to be really grateful to Dave Rennie yeah. for, for, you know, having done all this 
research exposes all these players to the international scene. The revival of the Australia A squad will be huge for Eddie as well to, for, to know the depth of his, the talent at his disposal. The, so The improvements of the Super Rugby team. Exactly. So it goes and, on. Like it, yeah. it, it, that's, that's a whole picture thing. It's not just, yeah, a, exactly. hey, we brought in Eddie Jones. It's That's yeah. what... And again, I think the the big thing that sat probably with Rugby Australia that said to make this decision was 73% versus 38%. Yeah. Now, we can make as many excuses as we want for any, but 38% isn't good enough. No. Like, as much as, as we can sit here and say he's done all these great things, which he has, taken them through turbulent times, if an All Blacks coach is at 38% after five games, they're gone, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't, you probably couldn't get to 38%. But... Um, yeah, I just I think that number and seeing Eddie Jones at seventy three percent just hit the open market was like yeah. we're never going to get this opportunity again. We have to act now, and I think they did the right thing yeah. acting now. Eddie Jones, it's it's the simple thing of if Dave Rennie has improved his team, but he hasn't shown that he knows how to coach them to win. And there was there, there are some fair criticisms of his of his coaching. So I think yeah, his sort of. Long-term vision and strategy has been better than his coaching, yeah. almost. And his his talent development has been better than his coaching. So it's the in-game decisions and things like that, bench management, thing, things of that nature, have been what have cost Rennie. Yeah, and I guess we, we will definitely see how this all pans out. Um, for me, I think, in the end, it doesn't, like as much as we can question Rennie's coaching ability, everything like that, it doesn't hurt his legacy, what's happened here. He'll go on, yeah. coach some big team in Japan, make some money that way. It's not the end of the world. I think he's just gutted that he would love to have a go at the World Cup yeah. with this Australian team. Australia have made the right move. I mean, let the mind games begin, we could just about start, say, with the Bledisloe. Like, this is what sends chills down my back. I don't, Ian Foster's showing he's got enough. Yeah. He's got a good team around him now, I think. New Zealand rugby's starting to give him a bit of a push in the right direction, getting him in the right position with Eric. Mm. And then this happens and Eddie Jones comes in with his mental warfare. Yeah. And you know that strategy Eddie Jones goes in with, with those hyped up press conferences where he kind of makes some jokes and then calls out a reporter and then it's like nothing you'd ever get from Dave Rennie, you know. Yeah. It's just going to be a different vibe. What I um, would like to say as well, just to finish off kind of the Rennie versus um, Jones battle, as a New Zealander, when you're coaching the Wallabies, you're always going to have one hand tied behind your back. And it's yeah. not a purposeful... Like I don't say Australian rugby tried to sabotage Rennie. It's more, you're a New Zealander. Yeah. When you're a Wallabies fan, you like you don't care as long as he gets the job done. But you're going to be, if, say, Eddie Jones is at 40%, whereas Rennie's at oh, 36%, you'd still rather Eddie Jones than a, 38, a slightly better New Zealander coacher. So... I go, I think the Wallabies fans are going to get behind this move big time because now they've got their Australian, they've got the one that took them to a final. Yeah. You know, it is it is the sort after the every, Golden Boy. Every Wallaby fan, except for the one that called Eddie Jones a traitor at the test match last year, is, <laughs> is going to be very excited about this. That guy can never show himself at a rugby match again. Yeah, it's not, it's not pretty for him. But I, did, I wanted to talk about a couple other points going forward. Obviously, you just had the camp with the 40 players. Yeah. Now... I'm, I'm less worried about because I imagine all these conversations were happening in the background and Rugby Australia had to move fast and they don't yeah. want to upset the players. Like, if you imagine this is the bosses are getting rid of your manager, you're not going to tell your, your your employees to stop working yeah. and then just get rid of the manager. So they have to keep them working. I just imagine those 40 players went away on that camp and now they've got a different coach that they've got to impress, different game plans. And it, was, it does seem a little uh, bit weird. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 definitely yeah, an odd cycle to for catch them. twenty two though. You know, yeah. like the, if they do it before and then they don't have this camp, then it's like okay, what's and happened? Yeah, how but, how is Eddie going to organize the camp in time and things like that? Look, yeah, it is. It will be strange for the players where they've just gone through this camp with one coach and then they might feel like that's wasted time. I don't. I don't agree that it's wasted time because it's also important to build those bonds between the players and to build that chemistry and under and understanding between each other. Uh, and I. You know, and it's not as if Eddie Jones and Dave Rennie will have completely different coaching styles. Yeah. Anyway, like I'm sure there will be elements of what they've learned that will apply through to when Jones takes the reins formally. Yeah. Which is, I think, the end of this month. 28th, he gets he takes over. I wonder what staff he brings in around him will be really interesting, and if he keeps the yeah, staff going, keeps going, how many of them? Yeah, like what? um, you know, uh, McKellar. From, uh, exactly. From things like that. I uh, imagine Laurie there'll be a and, couple, yeah. but it'll be really interesting. A man with that power can. Definitely, you know, acquire some better coaches. It'd be, and be, stuff see, like yeah, that. be interesting to see if he raids international ranks. Exactly. Yeah, you know, if he brings some people over from England, France, Ireland, etc. Hundred percent. All of a sudden, you got Ronan Nagara as your backs coach. That's not a bad shout. But again, um, what I wanted to ask you, and I've got my own idea, own idea for this, but pass marks now for Eddie Jones. What do you consider a pass mark? I know Tim Horan came out and said like, couple bleeder slows, need a World Cup in one of these two World Cups and like a win rate above 50% is a pass mark. Now, I think that's a pretty high goal for yeah. for right now, but I would love to know, at the end of this year, what's a pass mark for you to Eddie Jones, and then at the end of the five years? End of this year, uh, Wallabies have to, at bare minimum, make a semi-final of the World Cup. If they don't make the semi-final of the World Cup, because that's what the standard for Rennie was. Yeah. So. I think the pass mark for Eddie Jones is what the standard was for Dave Rennie this year, right? So the standard for Dave Rennie this year would have been to make it to a semi-final of the World Cup, right? Uh, in terms of domestic competition, uh, or, you know, I say domestic competition, but, you know, rugby championship, Bledisloe and whatnot. Yeah. Um, he, uh, if he wins the Bledisloe this year, I would say it's a more than above pass mark. That's an extraordinary achievement for a coach. That's, that's, it's his first year of his system. So I would, I would say... That uh, to to be for a pass, it has to be one and one, right? Because I think that's what we would have ex- that's what we expected from Rennie as well as to win at least one game of the Bledisloe. Yep. Um, right. And uh, and if say he won the Bledisloe, say yeah. you know Howell on Earth came to us and he won the Bledisloe, would you take then like say he bombs out in the group stage of the World Cup? No. You don't, you're not no, because 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 then he's he because the Bledisloe happens before the World Cup, so he so, set the standard at that point. That's the so standard. If, if any, yes, and that doesn't move the goalpost later on. Yeah. Right. And if you're asking me, would I rather make a World Cup semi final or get a Bledisloe? Of course, the Bledisloe because but, it, yeah. It, or, but if you're saying years, would you yeah. would I rather win a World Cup or the Bledisloe World Cup? Yeah. You know, but it it it, it but the standard for any this year was to win one Bledisloe game. Yeah. Right. This year he arguably should have done that, yep. barring a very stupid call. And then, uh, and then, so it would be expected for him to do that again, and then to make a World Cup semi final. So those, I think, are the two benchmarks for for Jones as as passes, right? Yeah. For for people to not be out in the street saying, "Why the fuck did we do this?" Yeah. And then you know you could what I would what I would love to see what I would consider. So that's that's a pass. What I would consider like um, success or like success. or like you know. Yeah. Is uh, again World Cup semi final uh, that doesn't change, but then uh, winning the rugby championship is like, so, and that's that's doable without winning the Bledisloe. And then yeah. I think so. You're right. I think yeah, a B mark for that, and then A mark, A plus mark, win the Bledisloe, win the rugby championship, 
uh, at World Cup semi-final. Sorry, that's an A. A plus is win the World Cup. And there you go. So that, that's like yeah. the grading system I'm sort of going Yeah, on. so you're saying like kind of, if he ticks, say he was to it's win the certain boxes so to tick. tick. It's yeah. almost like incentives you need to reach in a contract, exactly. goals yep. you need to reach in your so contract. So it's incentive, first one, Win one game in the blue slow. So, so this is to, this is this is your bare minimum to not get fired, fired. like in your performance report. Win one game of the blood slow and make it to the World Cup semi final because that is the standard of the guy that you replace. That's your job description. That is what you need to do. Right? And obviously, he's not going to get fired. But again, that's yeah. that's what we're pointing out. Like if if. Because that he is what Dave if he Rennie, doesn't deliver. That so yeah. you lose two blood slow games and you go out in the quarterfinals. You go what like. Okay, yeah, great. We look forward to the future, but we could have done this at the end of exactly. at we, the end of the year. And Dave Rennie may have had a better shot with the group. He yeah, had. because he had a, had a longer time there, right? Now, say for example, he loses both Bledisloe games, but they were really close or whatever. It's you could sort of waver, yeah. You but if we get it. blown out in two Bledisloe games, it's like what the fuck are we doing, kind of yeah. thing. Um, a lot of pressure would fall on him in the World Cup. Exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, and then if he if he does has success in the World Cup, that alleviates it somewhat. Exactly. So there's there's two goals there, but they they're they're trade-offs, you know, depending, yeah. you know, but uh, I, I say that even if he, if he wins the blood is low, I'm still holding him to the standard then of the World Cup semifinal because that comes beforehand. But yeah. if he loses two blood is, two blood is lows, but then makes it to the World Cup final, We've, that yeah. alleviates it. Yeah. But the, the, yeah. blood, the blood is low one is first, so yeah. Stuff, yeah, I get it. It's, no. it's a timing so thing as well. Five years, after five years, what are you, what are you saying as a pass mark? Uh, what would, actually, let me word this better because I, I, after five years as a Wallabies fan, what would you expect in your trophy cabinet? So you're going to have two yeah. World Cup, five Bledisloe's, five rugby championships. Yeah, look, at least, uh, at least two rugby championships, right? Because yep. we're in there with New Zealand, South Africa, and Argentina, right? So I think two is two is achievable because New Zealand and South Africa you can't take away how good good they are. Like, yep. as good as Eddie Jones is, those teams are very, very good as well, right? Uh, uh, and at least one blood is low. Like, if he's coming in as the as the prodigal son, we've seen that Dave Rennie has pushed Australia to be more competitive again in blood is low after years of just not being competitive. So he's pushed us to the competitive stage. If Eddie Jones is supposed to be so much better, he should be then elevating us to the next stage of yep. regaining the blood is low, right? Um, so at least one... Bledisloe, and then uh, look the World Cup in Australia. Your expectation is that you win it on home soil, yep. right? That is your expectation. That is your that is what you have to be aiming for. He's he would have then had the five years to do it. Uh, yep. Now you know, barring any sort of catastrophic thing coming through, that that should that should remain the expectation. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's a t- very tall order. And but say he gets to the final and he loses a tight one. That is what it is, kind of thing. You yep. can kind of, it's bitter, but you're not going to be horrendously free. You look back and you still have fond memories of how good the Wallabies exactly. were back then. So. Yeah. So you could see that, but the, the the expectation should be that we should be in the World Cup final and we should we should win it when it's yeah when it's here. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, that's I'm very similar with with what I would have said, and especially in uh, this first year. I think if he wins a Bledisloe or gets anywhere near a World Cup final, that's a pass mark for him. Yeah. Um, one on one and a semi final, I think, is yeah, bare minimum you'd like to take. Um, and then five years, I probably would have said two Bledisloes just because of the hype this has already brought in yeah. once they start well, rolling. Well, yeah, one of, the, one of the other big things as well is he's already come out and said he wants to raid rugby league ranks, right? Joseph Suwali, Will Pinasini, Nelson Asafa Solomon, I thought was a. 
massive call, particularly because he's a New Zealander. But yeah, I can't see him playing for the Wallabies anytime soon. No, I, 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 he's, he, I wouldn't want him to play for the Wallabies. To be quite honest, he would. He, it's just again another ill-disciplined thing. And I mean, I played rugby with him growing up. He's New Zealand born and bred. I can't see him. But even the like, he must have been offered more money than he's getting at the Storm, and he's still chosen to stay in Melbourne. Like I just think he loves Melbourne. Mm. Maybe if the money does come rolling, and he'll go and play for the Rebels. But I don't mm. see. I don't think that's a even a, a need when I look at your second row ranks. I'm yeah. like, no. he's what two years, three years younger than me. Um, so about twenty five ish. Like he'll be twenty nine. I look at around at Swinton, Charlie Gamble. Um, you know, even Harry Wilson. I go, do you need – that's not, not a position in need. So yeah. um, some of those other ones, Suwali, Penasini. Suwali, yeah. I'd love to see. Uh, Penasini would be an interesting one. Who were the other one? There was uh, – There was Yeah, there was one other one. 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 Manly Flyer, Tolu oh. – Tolu Cola. Yeah, Tolu – no, Cola. Can Cola. Cola. Yeah, yeah. Tolu Cola. Yeah, he, and he's quick as well. So if you get, if you get three of those, that's, you know. Yeah, look – Suwali so, just locks up that fullback spot. You yeah, know so what I, I mean? exactly. Yeah, that would be massive, right? And it's not going to happen for this year for this World Cup, right? But for the next one, I mean, he's only nineteen now, so like, yeah. And even Penasini is only twenty. That's you get them in the next couple of years. Like, there's 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 no reason they can't. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the last point I wanted to touch on with this is the Ghetto Law. Now, obviously, we we talk about this every podcast. Yeah. The Ghetto Law is a height of what we talk about because of the issues. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon Eddie Jones has enough power now to get rid of it? I think if any one coach has got the power to to shift it, it's Jones. Yeah. Right? I, I would love to know if there was any uh, chat uh, when he was coming into this role about changes to the Ghetto Law or not and if we're going to hear about those anytime soon. Um hasn't said anything about it in any of his conferences yet about if there's any changes. So I'd love to know if that was, if that was part of the discussions because yeah, like one of the things he did say was one of the big things he said is making sure we bring back players who um, should be, uh, who, who are Wallabies and that need to be playing in the Wallabies. Yeah. Now that's sort of a veiled thing about, you know, your Will Skelton's and your Will Skelton, you, especially he Will, loves Will Skelton. Yes. And Will Skelton's already come out and said how much he loves Eddie Jones. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, I would, yeah, I think, it, it, I mean, you just fucking scrap it already. I reckon, I reckon. Scrap it or make it more players. Like you just need to expand it. I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, roughly like the camp before Bledisloe, like let Super Rugby get its hype up, camp before the Bledisloe comes up after like Super Rugby's just finishing up, they announce something like, Really yeah. good marketing stunt, like Ghetto Law gone, like all the news is dropped just like this. Yeah. Ghetto Law dropped or Ghetto Law doubled, like take it to six players. Six players, whatever they do, I, fe- I reckon those moves will be made closer to the Bledisloe. Because um, yeah. they've got this announcement, everyone's still talking about Eddie Jones. You don't want, you want to space it out, space it's, it's, yeah, out for know? marketing. Yeah, as well. so, so I think, yeah, look, we could see a lot of things happen. Could be a very exciting year for Rugby Australia. Yeah, uh, it could be a massive year. I, it's it's the start of the golden generation. We said they had to act, and they've acted. Yeah, I like I said at the top of the podcast, they needed to generate marketing. What have they done? They've generated incredible marketing. I we and we. I, I, I'm left in amusement that it's taken this long for Rugby Australia to get a a, a head or a CEO who's actually done something. Like yeah. you can't sit there say this fails, fails miserably. Eddie Jones doesn't do anything in his five years. You chucked everything you had at it like you have he has literally he's bringing the world cup back yeah. home he's you know he 
even looked at leaving Super Rugby. He's now brought Eddie Jones back. Yeah. I just go, he's even, have you seen the one where he's trying to get more free-to-air games? The yes, only, yeah. The, the only, only sport in Australia that's Sport in Australia that. that wants that. So the Rugby League, AFL are all complaining about the government taking away yeah. or trying to get less, more. Free-to-air. Free-to-air. Which they, is less and, revenue for which them. Which is less revenue. Rugby Australia or Rugby in Australia have said they want more free-to-air games. And, is, I mean, Rugby Australia needs more revenue of, of all of them, right? Exactly, like, of so. all the sports. So it shows that the shift of priorities is building rugby back up, which is a great thing to see from the, the top-down level. Now, I'm going to leave you. You've got a minute and a half for your last words on Eddie Jones' situation, if you've got any, okay. to finish us off. Um, my, my last words on the Eddie Jones situation is uh, he has been brought here... Uh, to improve Australian rugby, right? The big number that you mentioned, I'm very glad you brought it up, was the 38%, the win rate, right? Eddie Jones knows how to win, but he all, and he now had experience in Japanese rugby and English rugby, so he's got experience in that Northern Hemisphere style, what it takes to, to win, right? Uh, and I expect to see um, more discipline in the Wallabies ranks, and I expect to see... Uh, expect to see... Converting those games where we almost won into games that we're actually winning now. We need to get... It's, it's appropriate as well that you mentioned to the 2003 World Cup. That's where we need to get Australia back to the, 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 the... That's the standard of Australian rugby is making World Cup finals and being a team that everybody fears again, right? That everybody fears not just for one game. Like, you know, when they're on that uh, Northern Tour... You know, everyone's like, oh, Australia can take a game off anyone, right? But that's what that's the that's the threat that we're being seen as they could take a game. We need to get back to Australia being seen as the threat to be the number one team in the world again. That's what Eddie Jones has been brought here to do. That's what I want him to do. And he's got the talent to do it. He's got the players to do it. It's not it's not the players now, right? The players, the talent is all there, right? What it is now is coaching. And that's the difference that and Rugby Australia rolled the dice, as you just said, with your great recap there. They've thrown everything they've got at trying to make this the golden era of Australian rugby. They've done a great first step with hiring Eddie Jones. It's the, the Every journey of a, a thousand miles begins with a single step, and this is the first step. Oh, there it is. There it is. I mean, we're going to talk about Eddie Jones probably for the next four or five podcasts, so be ready yeah. to hear any news that's coming out with him. He doesn't officially start the role until the 28th, yeah. so we're still a bit away from him actually getting his hands on with the Wallabies, um, and Super Rugby will be starting soon, but I'm sure Eddie Jones will be all over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on, we won't talk too much about this, but Netflix mm-hmm. and the Six Nations yeah. that they've done. So if you haven't seen Drive to Survive, the success of that, which is following all the Formula One drivers, yes. they've now brought out a tennis and a PGA Tour one, so... So they've now gone and said that they're going to do one for the Six Nations. I'm genuinely excited for this. I, again, for, for I, I, I've only seen little bits of Drive to Survive. I haven't done, seen the other ones. But the amount of interest that that generated in Formula One is insane. Now with Six Nations and with with a sport I actually care about, yeah. like I'm genuinely excited for this. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be amazing. I'm, I think I it's going to be huge. I, I think that... The thing behind the and why I think the Six Nations is really good is I think you get a lot more personalities from those Northern Hemisphere teams. Yeah. I don't think you ha- like don't get it from the Southern Hemisphere teams, but we hide it a bit better. Yeah. 
I think you're going to quickly find out, like, when a Frenchman is angry and he's getting interviewed and, like, he'll let you know. Yeah. And when the Scots are disappointed that the English have beat them again, they'll let you know on camera. So I can't wait to kind of see the insides, see the characters like Stuart Hogg, realise that Antoine Dupont is actually the nicest guy in the world all of a mm. sudden and be like, oh, why did I hate him just because he's French? You know, like... And, and I think as well, one, one reason why it works to start with the Six Nations and then they can maybe look... I think do Six Nations and then a rugby championship. championship one, yeah. 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 Um, but as as well, Six Nations, as opposed to Super Rugby, I think there's too many teams in Super Rugby. No, you can't you, follow you, the characters as yeah, well. Yeah, you could maybe do like uh, Super Rugby, one team from... Uh, one country type Yeah, thing. do like a Hard Knocks type thing, yeah. but for Super Rugby. Stan Sport. Just saying, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hire us. Uh, yeah, Hard Knocks, Waratahs, 2023. <laughs> I know. Should already be on that shit. Um, Sean Maloney, get on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, and yeah, seeing a rugby championship version would be like amazing. imagine. Imagine after I don't know if you saw the incident with Pablo Matera pushing Dane Coles. Yeah, imagine getting an interview with him after yeah. about why that was. Just I know we got it on the Water Lad podcast with James Marshall, but it's going to be awesome. So we'll stay tuned for that. I'm sure we'll do a thorough review of yeah. it all. Um, what we are moving on to now is our predictions yes. for the rugby year. We said we we're going to do this for a long time. We are doing it now. Um, the first we are men of our word. We are the first prediction we're going to start with is player of the year. Mm. I'm going to start with mine. Now I predicted this player to be player of the year last year. Yeah, and he lived up to the billing, but not quite. I think the All Blacks had a mellow enough year. I've gone with Will Jordan again to back it up. Now, what you kind of have to do with this year is understand who you think is going to win the Rugby World Cup. Because yeah. chances are, if they win the Rugby World Cup, the player's going to come from there. So I went looking at uh, New Zealand, South Africa, and Ireland were the three teams I was looking at. So I kind of had Johnny Sexton on his way out. I had a Fafta Clerk, maybe Lucano Arm if he can get into form. But I've gone with Will Jordan. Adi Savi is up there as well with the way he played, and he backs it up. And if the All Blacks win... Then I think, but I think Will Jordan's going to stand out again this year for the All Blacks. Excuse me, my friend. Yes. So I was a similar thought train to you in that I thought that uh, it's all going to be about international success and how the team does. Now, my ones are coming from the Wallabies ranks. Now, I, I'm sort of torn between two. I couldn't decide between these two players. Yep. Um, Marika Korobetti and and or Samu Karevi, right? I think both of these players are going to have huge years under Eddie Jones. And I think, I don't know if the Wallabies will win the World Cup this year or not, but I think the Wallabies will do damage at the World Cup and it'll be on the backs of these two players. I mean, we saw what Karevi did at the last World Cup, right? And where he was also unfairly yellow-carded. I'm still bitter about that. (laughs) Um, But the thing with Karevi, why I'm hesitant to just put him in there is he's coming back from an injury. And you see where he gets back to. Karabetti's already tearing it up in the... We've already got our first rugby highlight of the year is him in Japan. Yep. Uh, so he he doesn't look like he's lost a step. Uh, so I th- I think one of these two, well, I think both of them will have big years under Eddie Jones, and I think they've got a really good chance. Even if the Wallabies don't win the World Cup, I think if they get to the final and have a great final just fall short, then I, it'll be off the backs of one of these two that they're, that they're there in the first place. And I could see either of them, um, either of them taking it. Up. Fair enough. Uh, Super Rugby champions. Yeah, uh, you can start, mate. Well, I've gone for the. War- you've obviously go- lost the plot. Well, I've gone for the for the Waratahs. I mean, look, they built they built up they're building up something great there at the Waratahs. Uh, and this, you know, it'll make a lot of sense. Well, it'll it'll. Uh, I've got to say something because we're going to go through our uh, our teams 
a roster is what we think the starting 23 should be. And I'm going to just get, sort of talk about the positions there and the strength of of the squad that I think this is a squad that can compete with anyone. Um, and they showed that they could last year. Uh, and I'm just backing them to have a good year. I just... I mean, Crusaders is obviously the obvious choice. Any any given year in Super Rugby, anyone could say Crusaders, and you've got a fifty percent chance of being right, basically, which is outrageous because there's twelve teams. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I just I feel like there's something in the air. Oh, and I don't know. Jesus. Eddie Jones is back. Just all all Australian players have got that extra little bit of motivation of oh, Eddie Jones is about. I could be a Wallaby. I could Does win the World Cup this what's year. What's his face? Donaldson plays for Randwick, doesn't he? Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah, he does. I, I, ben Donaldson plays for Randwick, and Eddie Jones is a good Randwick man. You reckon yeah. Ben Donaldson's going to lead you to to glory? The Randwick connection. Yeah. Look, every as I, as I say, every player this year has got that little bit of extra motivation because it's a World Cup year. Yep. So you want to perform, uh, and you want to uh, you want to uh, be a Wallaby and be in the World Cup. And with Eddie Jones, you thinking you got that little thing in the back of your mind, like we could win the World Cup this year. I want to be a World Cup winning player. Um, and so I think every player's got a little bit of extra uh, motivation, right? And then, I mean, Ben Donald is a great one to look at on the Waratahs as, look, there's no, outside of Quade Cooper, there's no set 10 yep. for, for the Wallabies, right? I could I could have a great breakout year and establish myself as the Wallabies 10 and lead them to, to World Cup glory, right? You've got... Uh, we'll get we'll get to we'll, we'll get to it, but just, to I'm just looking at, at the Waratahs lineup, and I'm getting just, too excited. There's a lot of <laughs> lot, lot of strengths there, and yeah, and look, well, of, of course, there's a little bit of fan bias. In let's bring let's bring the podcast podcast back to reality because I've picked the Crusaders because well, yeah, I'm not it. crazy. Like the re- picked, but the, don't ever pick your own team. No, because the reason I've picked the Crusaders is this is their final year of dominance. Oh, okay. This is it. This yeah, cause, is because they're all leaving. Scott Robinson won't be there, yeah. so it'll be a new coach next time. They've lost their Ford's coach already um, to the All Black setup, so it'll be a different Ford's coach this year. Richie Mwanga's on the way out with mm-hmm. no set ten behind him, so they haven't. I know they've got Fergus Burke and they brought a ten down from the Waikato, mm-hmm. but they've got no set ten behind him. I go and look around and I go, if there's a time for the dynasty to wrap itself up nicely, it's. Yeah, we won the first two Super Rugby Pacifics, and they sun they roll off into the sunset. Well, I think you can. I think we've seen, and it's particularly prescient that uh, Tom Beatty and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost yesterday. That dynasties they don't they don't always end on high notes. Typically, they, they don't. Even Tom Brady's last year at the Patriots didn't end on a high. But their first five is only like thirty, not forty-seven. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I just think this Crusaders dynasty is different to anything else in the world in sporting we've ever yeah. seen. Like the way they. Produce talent and get talent. So I'm. I don't even think it's going to die. I just think this is the start of a little decline, yeah. little little drop in. Like I don't back to mortality. Yeah, like exactly. This is a, the Melbourne Storm. You know, final year of their dominance. Cam Smith's about to retire, yeah. and then shit hits the fan, and Penrith come out out of nowhere. The Hurricanes with their young guns, and they they steal a couple of uh, uh, Super Rugby titles. Mm-hmm. Breakthrough Player of the Year. Uh, you skipped one. I have yeah. Six Nations champion. Um, just because of the Netflix documentary, we're going to put our predictions out there. Yeah. Now, I've gone with Ireland, and I'm going to yeah. go with my piece first. Ireland play France and England at home. Last year, France won it all because they played Ireland at home. I don't think any team's walking into Ireland and beating them. I don't think Ireland has to worry too much about going to any other team and beating them that's not France and England. 
done, dusted. Six Nations win. That's a, that's a very it's a good argument. It's a good yep. argument. One thing you haven't taken into account there is human emotion, passion, uh, and the bitterness that can only be felt from a breakup. And for that reason, I've gone for England, right? Because they are the yes, they're the ones that got rid of Eddie Jones, right? But they have got that little chip on their shoulder now that Eddie Jones has been welcomed back to Australia, hailed as a hero. They're all going to be there like, oh, what the fuck? You're just forgetting about, about us. We got rid of him. We're the one that dumped him. So I think they're going to have a bit of extra fire this year to to play extra hard and prove that they made the right decision. And I think that for that reason, I'm picking England. I just don't think their squad's good enough yet to beat Ireland in Ireland. That's what I'm looking at. This Irish team is a good squad. I think the French team's false. Like mm. I, I've spoken about this at lengths that yeah. their last year perfect ten, all done in easy games or at home. South Africa at home, Ireland at home, Australia at home. Okay. Who do you play? Oh, Japan away. Like, don't try that with me. Okay, easy games. I think they even played England last year at home. So I don't see. I fit, and it's not a bad thing for France to not win. Like, I don't know if this is the Six Nations to win type thing. Mm. Like, it's not the rugby championship to win. No one cares about the rugby championship this year, let's be honest. Like, yeah. it's Bledisloe and uh, the World Cup. So, I go, I think Ireland just too good with with with, with the home ground advantage. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think, it's a, I think it's a great argument and I could very easily see that happen as well. Uh, now on to Breakthrough Player of the Year. And I'm just going to start quickly on this because yours is, is, I see how you're all looping in here. Mm. I've gone with Lucas Ripley. Now, the reason I've done this is Lucas Ripley is an outside centre for the Melbourne Rebels. Mm -hmm. Scored a hat-trick against the Hurricanes. Looked incredible. Has speed to burn. Absolutely fantastic. We know your centre depth isn't great, especially at outside centre. I think if Hunter Pasami and... Parisi. Parisi and Ikitao, all three of them, let's say this Ripley kid has a great... um, yeah, and let's say Parisi and uh, Pasami don't come back from the injuries quite 100%. Ikatao goes down, which he, he hasn't. He's been a warrior. And again, I don't hope for any injuries, but I'm saying let's just say he does. And this Australian kid from Melbourne rips up in Melbourne during Super Rugby, gets a couple of good games under his belts, and then shows everyone what he's about in the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Can play on the wing as well. I think... He's going to be an Eddie Jones prospect. I see yeah. him as one, and so that's why I've gone with him. Again, he's a very outsider. I understand why you probably don't believe in me on that one, but I just I've seen the talent. Yeah. And he's only played a few games. I think he's one of those ones that you'll be like, "Holy shit!" Like like an Ange, you know, Cappuccino. Yeah. He, as soon as he gets the ball, it's just you know, like a spark enough to be like, yeah. "Oh, where did he come from?" And yeah. I think Lucas Ripley's the same. Uh, so for me, we're sticking in, in Australia, I've gone for Lange Gleeson. Now, you can argue that maybe last year was a breakout year for him, but I think that was the uh, appetizer, the entree. And this year we see uh, the main course from him, where establishing himself as a hard-hitting uh, number eight slash blindside, but I think mainly number, number eight, eight yep. is where his real strength is going to lie. Um, and just establish himself as an enforcer in Super Rugby and carving a space for himself on the Wallaby squad. Nice. I, I love what Lane Gleeson brings. And again, yeah. another great young prospect. I think mm-hmm. Eddie Jones will be like, you know, just drooling over. Bold prediction of the year. Um, I've gone, and I've already said this one before, Melbourne Rebels will make the semi-final. Follows on from Lucas Ripley. Follows on from what I've seen from their squad. I think Matt Tamua leaving isn't a bad thing because it gives mm-hmm. Carter, Carter Gordon the keys to run the 
the show at 10 there. I think their recruitment's good. Uh, I like what I see in their front row. I just see yeah. this, them taking another step. They've got, got that Monte, massive prop, don't they? What's his Pone, name? Yeah. Ali. Um, and then they sign Monte Iwane, the Italian winger. I just see a lot of a lot more spark coming there. I think Callaway moves to the fullback. Yeah. Hodge on one wing or Hodge at outside centre or inside centre with Lucas Ripley, Carter Gordon. There's a lot there that I like. Yeah. Um, and I so, think So making the semi-finals, not even just the finals, just the semi-finals. I think they'll make the finals. I don't think they'll finish top four, but I think they'll upset someone in uh, the quarterfinals. That's a, a very good prediction. My one is that one of the Dura or Moana Pacifica actually just makes the finals. Yep. Right? So obviously they didn't make it last year, bottom two teams last year. But obviously it's the first first year in the league. In the competition, yeah. Yeah, I think this year they they learnt a lot from last year about what it takes. And we saw them get better as the years as the year progressed. Like a, a few upset uh, wins from in there as well. So I think one of them makes it. Uh, and someone like... Uh, if the Highlanders have an off year again, they can miss out. I definitely see there's... I don't want to say there's not enough talent. There's there's budding talent in the Highlanders region where there's a lot of good players. I'm unsure, unproven, young, um, that could easily miss out. I think... Um, who else? The Reds lost a few good players. Hamish Stewart off to the fours. I yeah. see that they could be right for the picking, but again, Brad Fawn seems to always deliver. Um, even the Chiefs, we're unsure where they are. Hurricanes, uh, the most up-and-down team ever. Brumbies, now with a new coach, a new system, will be really interesting. Th- this competition really is up for grabs. I love yeah. that we don't have to deal with COVID as much now, yeah. so you're going to get a smooth competition. And that's like why the Waratahs will win the competition, okay, because yeah. the rest of Australian rugby is vulnerable right now, and then they'll, they'll get the still going to beat New Zealand teams. Yeah, but they, they proved last year they could beat New Zealand teams. Who beat the Crusaders last year? The Waratahs. And you lost to the Chiefs in the quarterfinal, you know? Yeah, that's fine, though. But the, but the Waratahs <laughs> will earn a high seeding point, and so they won't have to go to New Zealand to play an early one. Do you remember that you also lost to the Hurricanes, though? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't... Yeah, barely. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> but the Hurricanes are the greatest team in the world or something. I don't know. Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. They're led by... They're, against Australian teams. But they'll, but, they'll get knocked, but they'll get knocked out by New Zealand team before they play the Waratahs. Oh, so and the right. Waratahs will avenge the Hurricanes. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Um, Coach of the Year, final prediction. Uh, we've mean, kept well, it pretty simple. Yeah. I've got Ian Foster. You've got Eddie Jones. We're expecting our teams we, to win yeah. World Cups. Yeah, I don't think there's any... I don't think there really needs much explanation there. I don't like that I've had to pick... Uh, Ian Jones, Ian Foster. Ian Jones. Oh, I, what a horrendous him. hybrid that would be. <laughs> um, but I have to do it because I think they're going to win the Red Bull Cup. Yeah. All right, let's finish off this podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to break down our Hurricanes and Highlanders. Someone put in the comment section, mm. I'm probably going to turn this into a reel. I don't even know if it would actually be on the end of the podcast. What I might do for us right now is not put it in the podcast oh. and just make reels of it and videos of it. And I can do it then. So we might say goodbye and then I can cut it and edit it if I want to put it in the podcast. Yeah. So this might be the end of the podcast or this might be a brief pause and then you get some bonus content. You know what? This is the end of the podcast and then you might get some bonus content or you might not. Depending on how we feel. That'll be how it'll be. So thank you for joining us for this episode of That Rugby Podcast. We will speak to you next time. See ya. Peace.